Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 186 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I'm Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what is going on in our own lives. Carly, world traveler, <laughs> you you are in a place that is near and dear to my heart, New Jersey. Yes. How has your Easter week been? It has been wonderful. So I've been up here for a little over a week. Uh, went into New York, did some Passover stuff with Adam's family, spent a little bit of time in Manhattan, just, you know, like a few hours, just hitting some spots, you know, popped into the new chocolate world, the Disney Ooh. store. Uh, and then I've just been back in New Jersey, relaxing. And I went last night to the brand new haunt event. Yes. A haunt event in the spring scream break at so six flags. <laughs> So what is it like uh, having Halloween in the middle of April? It is amazing. I have been having Halloween fever ever since HHN made their announcements. Last week, my family actually booked a RIP tour for September. Ooh. Yes, already planned that. And I'm glad we did because the person that we want, we love VIP Paul. Shout out if you're doing a, a VIP Paul's tour. Paul's great. Orlando. He's the best. He was yep. already mostly booked up. So... I have did you do an exclusive or a non-exclusive? We did. So I will let you know we're going on a Thursday. It is cheaper per person to do a private rip tour than to purchase a ticket and express. Really? With that... the discount. Because I we have the uh premier pass. So that is fantastic. Yeah, so it was real when they read the number on the phone, our jaws like dropped because we were waiting to see what what they would quote us and i was like oh my god that is cheaper than just going and, and did you did pass. you did you fill up your uh fill up your tour yes we, we right. had like a like so my uh, family is all into it so it's yeah. like most if of you us... can if you can fill up that tour to the maximum uh the price per person oh. actually becomes pretty reasonable absolutely considering yes. what you get yeah so if you're looking to do it you need you could do up to 10 people. Obviously, you could just be yourself and do it, but you're paying the whole rate. And then you have the option to add on two extra people for an additional cost. And Premier Pass holders get 15% off. That's a great deal. Is, is a great, I totally kind of forgot that that was going to happen. And she's like, yeah, you, you have Premier Passes. You get the discount. I was like, whoa. Nice. Yeah, so I've been Halloween fever. Did screen break last night. So uh, I went. it's been at a bunch of different Six Flags. And they've kind of been staggered date-wise. I know a lot of people, uh, attractions did the Magic Mountain one in mm -hmm. California. The one here in New Jersey at Great Adventure started this weekend. It's spring break themed, obviously. So we have the screen break. Uh, the scare zone is like zombie tourist, tacky tourist. Mm -hmm. So they're like bloody Hawaiian shirts with big cameras. They have a DJ to kind of simulate a spring break party. And there were two houses and it was really fun. And if you're nice. a pass holder for Six Flags, you get them for free. That's and great. Not, it's like 30 bucks, 39.99. And they have a little bar set up with the IV bags. It's fun. It's something due to, you know, to curb that craving because we have a long ways to go. <laughs> exactly. We're only half halfway barely to halloween yeah. but, uh, so so to easter dinner i wore a skull sweatshirt uh, uh, <laughs> it's like well sort of i mean 
we could we could get uh, very theological and talk about the uh, the relationships between pagan resurrection right. celebrations and Easter and Halloween. It, I said it, it, it all worked out. <laughs> and, uh, uh, are you observing Passover by not eating flour? And um, I observed Passover by driving down to Cape Coral and having a, a lovely dinner uh, with my my mom, and my stepdad. And uh, keeping uh, kosher for Passover with them for about 24 hours. Uh, and then um, I got back home and had a nice BLT. Yes. Uh, sorry. It, it, it's hard. <laughs> sorry. Um, I know. Uh, Adam yeah. still does it all these years later. And he does it the full time. And it is a struggle, yeah. especially for I, a guy. I used, I used to. I grew up I grew up doing it. But especially uh, living in, in Orlando, uh, it's it's not like Publix uh, stocks a really in-depth supply of kosher Passover food. No, so, uh, but I did uh, get to uh, drag myself away from my computer where I am uh, working on the next editions of the unofficial guides just long enough to attend opening day, opening morning of Tron Ooh. over at the Magic Kingdom. And honestly, I, I've been to lots of opening days for lots of rides. Uh, this one was, let's say, subdued. Uh, there was no ribbon cutting or fireworks or anything that I saw. And because of the virtual queue system, uh, you know, you didn't have that classic line of people stretching all the way to Main Street. Um, you know, you just had people showing up on their their virtual queue reservations. Uh, Lightning Lanes sold out like that. And uh, I was even going to, you know, I was thinking maybe I'll stick around the park. I'll buy Genie Plus for the day. Genie Plus jumped up to 35 bucks mm, for the yeah. day. And it, it looks like it's stuck there now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I got in. Got my ride on Tron. Uh, I sat in the in one of the back rows instead of the front row, and I did enjoy it more overall. Really, the launch is better in the front row, but all of the visuals once mm -hmm. you're inside, I felt were better in the back row. There was a lot of stuff that I missed uh, being up front, but it's still it's still real short, and uh, it's a lot of hoops to jump through. For you know, I I don't think that it's it's no rise of the resistance. It's it's not Hagrid's. It's not even Velocicoaster for me. Or Guardians, um, you know, I don't mind. Yeah, or Guardians. I I I after it'll take a few more laps, but I'm still liking Guardians as an overall experience better than uh, Tron. But I have yet to ride Tron at night, so that oh, yeah. someday somehow I'm not sure how <laughs> with the virtual queue system. But someday I will be able to ride it out. Right. And uh, we've heard from a lot of people. They are adhering your time window. Oh, so oh I learned that the hard guardians. way. Yeah. I, I learned that the hard way. Don't show up late unless you have an extremely good excuse. Uh, like your Disney bus drove you to Tampa. Right. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you better be there on time. Ooh, um, bummer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, someday, hopefully, the two of us will get to ride it together. I would love talk that. about it. <laughs> all right uh well we've had both had a busy week but yes. we've got some news to talk about so without any further ado let's get into it okay for our very first story of the week this is something that has been a long time coming right. and uh to be honest i am kind of shocked it didn't come earlier 
But Magic Bands, uh, now known as Disney Band Plus, are finally coming to the Disney Cruise Line. Um, yeah, this was surprising. Like you said, it's a long time coming, especially since we've seen so many re reiterations of the Magic Band and now Magic Band yeah. Plus in the park. So, well, you know, it's it's hard to believe it's it's been like almost a decade since we first got Magic Band uh, at Walt Disney World, and since uh, the Disney theme parks adopt it, it's become really uh, widespread in the cruise industry. Um, I know, uh, is it Royal Caribbean has their medallion program, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And then uh, other cruise lines have glommed on using the RFID technology so that you can just, I know when I was on MSC, I had one of these. It was a wristband and I could charge things to my room. I could uh, activate my door. I could do various things without having to constantly pull out a key card. Uh, oh, yeah. But but Disney has still been relying on key cards and lanyards all this time. Uh, well, finally, uh, they are introducing Magic Bands on the high seas, uh, Magic Band Plus specifically, and it will be called Disney Band Plus. But it's really the same thing. Right. You can uh, you can literally use your D Magic Band Plus uh, on the Disney ships, and this is all going to start with a preview sailing on the Disney Wish before it spreads to all of the ships. Yeah, I mean, call me old fashioned. I like the lanyard with the key card. It's easy. I always somehow do remember to put it on when I'm leaving or getting into the room. Uh, the Magic Band Plus, I feel like I'm gonna forget it, <laughs> which always happens with me with every band, you know? See, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite, uh, especially if you're going in and out of the pool or out of the spa. Um, you don't really want to wear a lanyard when you're in the water, uh, but right. these are uh, adventure proof, um, which means they're waterproof. And so you can wear them into the hot tub. Uh, you can wear them uh, into the ocean if you want. Uh, and uh, as long as it doesn't come loose, uh, you shouldn't have to worry about it. So right. it's, 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 you know, six and one half dozen the other. I am, it, this is not going to be mandatory. Uh, and one, it, yeah. It's not just going to be optional. It's going to be a paid option. Uh, it is not included in your cruise fare. Uh, it costs about the same as it does in the parks. Um, 35 plus tax for the plane bands, 45 plus tax for the ones with the fancy designs. And you know there's going to be exclusive designs to the ships that will then show up on eBay. Right. Uh, so what I want to know, uh -huh. why is it not called a Magic Band Plus if it can be used all around the same thing, it's just another confusing. I have no time. freaking clue. It, yes. That that if anyone out there is a marketing genius who knows why they would just uh, just um, <laughs> use the same darn name, uh, and and if you know as if there isn't enough consumer confusion, uh, we actually have uh, someone in our chat. What is a Magic Band Plus in the first place? Thank you for ask, asking. Um, Magic Band Plus is a wristband uh, that has a little computer chip in it. Uh, and it also has haptics and lights um, so that it lets you do things like unlock your room or do room charges um, without having a key card. Uh, and it also is going to have interaction uh, with various entertainment around the ship they're very kind of non-specific about exactly what it'll do on the ship uh if you're in the theme parks it does things like light up 
blink and vibrate when you're watching a fireworks show or phantasmic right. or something like that. So I would imagine that uh, maybe during shows or during uh, the uh, fireworks that they do on the boats, maybe it'll do something like that. Um, yes. But it, its main feature is to allow you to access places on the ship, access your, your various cruise features without having to carry a key card. Right. So if you already own a Magic Band Plus mm -hmm. for either Disneyland or Disney World, you can use it on the ship and it then becomes a Disney Band Plus. If you Absolutely. have a Disney Band Plus, then you go to Disney World, then it becomes a Magic Band Plus. So it is very confusing because it, 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 like it's lightning. got a split personality. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I will say, having uh, done it personally not too long ago, it is very, very perfectly possible to have your magic band plus connected to both your Walt Disney world account mm -hmm. and your Disneyland account at the same time. You don't have to delete it from one and then re add it to the other. And I'm assuming that it'll be possible to uh, hook it up to your Disney cruise account. So if you are a frequent cruiser and theme park visitor, you'll be able to use uh, one band to rule them all. Um, right. So and I'm sure that if you're really into this, you're going to want multiples, right? Yes. Uh, my issue is going to be the charging because uh, they don't last cabins, long. Yeah. I, cruise cabins do not have enough outlets and they don't let you bring power strips. I learned that the hard way. You can bring if you have like one of those blocks that has, you know, two USB ports and one block, mm -hmm. you'll get away with that. But you cannot have like a power strip with multiple power outlets. I got mine confiscated on <laughs> once. Um, so, yeah, uh, charging spots are at a premium on boats. And these things last maybe 48 hours. Uh, when I was at Disneyland, I, <laughs> I discovered the hard way that if you don't charge it every night, uh, and then you you go to see a you know world of color or whatever it's it's gonna conk out on you halfway through the show right yeah that's my problem I'll either remember the band but it's not mm -hmm. charged or charge the band and forget it and on cruises you're charging your iPhone usually maybe your iPad or your Kindle mm -hmm. if you're reading at the pool so if you have a family of four and they each have their bands not that you need it and not everyone in the cabin has to have one absolutely not that's a lot yes. Um, and we don't know what kind of games, if they'll interact with the app for, uh, you know, things like the, the midship detective agency that have been transitioning more to smartphone apps, if this will be integrated into it. Um, lots of questions, uh, and I'm sure you will be going on uh, one of these probably before I will, so okay. you will have to fully report on it for us um keep in mind this is only uh magic band plus or uh, uh disney band plus it does not work if you've got a legacy magic band so those might as well just keep them on the shelf um if if you want to try all this out for yourself uh like like we said it's going to come first to the wish and then uh and then later to all the ships probably uh and mei travel and mouse fan travel will help you get get you on board all right next up i'm a little sad about this one because uh this this was kind of one of my favorites katal restaurant and its uva bar in the heart of the downtown disney district in disneyland is closing uh serving its last meals on april 14th after 22 years Right. Yeah, this is a bummer, especially Uva Bar. It's like the best people watching in downtown Disney. Absolutely. 100%. There are other outdoor bars, but you're really mm -hmm. covered, you know, like yeah. a Tortilla Joe's and Naples. But this was like 
out there right in the center. Mm -hmm. um, the, yeah, I have lots of great memories of sitting out at the, the bar in the dead center, watching the tourists pass by, having some, some fries or um, a lamb burger and uh, a drink or several. <laughs> and... Uh, and also, uh, you know, Uva Bar was definitely my favorite, but Catal had some great food, uh, an amazing paella, um, great sangria, and sitting on that upper level looking out over mm -hmm. downtown Disney. You know, it, it was one of those times where you could really feel like you weren't just in a theme park, but you were just, you know, in a, a cool urban space. Um, and uh, I'm going to miss it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was there for 22 years. You yeah. know, it's definitely a favorite with locals. one of one of the last remaining original tenants of right. downtown Disney from when it uh, was first opened. Um, right. But it is exciting because there's, you know, downtown Disney has been a little stagnant for a while. You know, it's been the same, yep. a lot of the same. So I'm excited because of all the new stuff. That uh, I'm always excited for newness. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, they are going to be replacing this with Paseo and Centrico, which are going to be upscale Mexican dining concepts from Chef Carlos Gaetan. Um, I'm sure they're going to be great. Um, I don't know what that's going to do to Tortilla Joe's around the corner. That's still right. going to be uh, part of the mix. But um, I'm sure I'm sure the new locations are going to be great. We don't know exactly when they're going to open. Uh, I'm sure they'll be even more expensive than the current restaurants when they do. Um, but uh, I don't think that we're going to have another option for Spanish and Mediterranean food uh, coming to downtown Disney. So that is that's a gap. Um, you know, that's a, a, a genre of food that I really enjoy. And uh, I don't I don't see that it's going to be filled in anywhere else in right. on property. Yeah. And, you know, I could see Tortilla Joe's remaining the same. It's largely mm -hmm. family friendly, you know, yep. very accessible. If, you know, if you just want to go and get get a quick burrito and go, um, it's got that that walkout uh, to go area. Um, yeah, it's this is going to be your upscale Mexican. This is definitely not going to be a Taco Bell for sure. Right. Um, um, but along <laughs> with it, uh, I'm excited probably mostly for Din Tai Fung, which is. Yep. They're known for their soup dumplings. They're kind and of, their long lines. Yes, long lines. Uh, there's some locations in Los Angeles, Las Vegas mm -hmm. already. They are very, very popular. It's a legit chain from over there. Uh, so I think that is going to be the hot ticket item at Downtown Disney. And if I did not live in Florida and wasn't surrounded by great Cuban food, I would be really excited for Portos, uh, which. Yes. Uh, is replacing La Brea Bakery, which was actually right now replaced by Earl of Sandwich. Um, uh, Earl of Sandwich, I am, I'm, I'm thinking is getting a new home uh, back on the other side of downtown Disney when all of that rebuilding is done. Earl yeah. of Sandwich is so popular; uh, yes. they've got to find a new place for it. Oh yeah, so the for the tavern... next year, for the next year, yeah. uh, the tavern. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I looked at the prices when I was there a few weeks ago, and I just couldn't justify spending that much money on a sit-down Earl of Sandwich. It's a totally different menu than their sandwiches, granted. You know, they yes. have they have more upscale entrees, but uh, it, that was not a cheap menu at all. Oh, no. I will say I do have, like, a picky foodie friend that just ate at the tavern mm. and said it was really good okay. and really good cocktails. So. Good to know. Good to know. Um, well, uh, 
we could talk for quite a while about the evolution of downtown Disney dining, uh, especially the blandification of oh, uh, Ralph, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen. But maybe we'll save that for another episode yeah. when they finally uh, wrap up that project and give, can give some of my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> Um, in the meantime, if you're listening to this uh, on the 10th or um, in the next couple days, uh, you've got a few last chances. They're having some specials, um, uh, some cocktails. So raise a glass to Katal and Uva Bar. Uh, thanks for the memories, guys. All right. Uh, all right. We're going to stick with Disney for a little bit. And we've got some big Star Wars news coming out of star wars celebration just held in europe uh over the weekend um and the big theme park news uh, as announced by imagineer scott trowbridge is that star tours is going to be getting some new destinations uh coming in 2024 uh at the ride in florida in california and in paris uh sorry tokyo i guess you're left yeah. out for now right well, you know what? They get everything good, so. Right, right. They Really, they can't complain. No, they cannot. And so they, this is exciting. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had some updates to Star Tours, so. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there was the big changeover from the original Star Tours to yeah. um, to the randomized version of Star Tours that's, uh, gosh, more than a decade ago. And it's, yeah. it's crazy that it's been that long since since the big upgrade. But then when the sequel films came out, uh, as each sequel film came out, they released some new destinations mm -hmm. some new characters to keep it fresh. It's been a few years since Rise of Skywalker came out, but uh, they revealed that we are getting some uh, new destinations. And the hint is that these are going to be destinations that we might have never seen before, uh, at least on the big screen. So they could be destinations... Uh, from comic books or from television shows. Um, they could be destinations that we haven't seen yet or maybe coming to right. an upcoming Disney Plus show. Um, so that, and uh, and along with that, there will probably be some new characters, some new ships. Um, so it will definitely give you another reason to ride Star Tours for the 3,000th time. <laughs> hey, that's a great one. Yep. You know? <laughs> uh, what I was excited about was the music. Yes. I love listening to the original uh, DJ Rex playlist. It's a good walking uh, soundtrack or a good like cleaning music. <laughs> <laughs> Very uppity. And so. Um, well, yes, DJ Rex, uh, he had an original soundtrack that uh, was, you know, full of bangers. Uh, <laughs> a lot, lots of good like Gungan drinking songs to, you know, wave, wave your yub nub around to yeah uh, but he's got a new track list now uh this is his second album playlist two and you can actually listen to these for free uh if you go to our website and look at the article we have there's a link it's on amazon music um, but you don't have to pay for amazon music unlimited um, you can uh listen to these tracks uh for free and uh it's uh it's got a new the new tracks feature music by Star Wars artists the Loath Cats, yes, Ewok Disway, and See You on Naboo. Uh, nine songs total, 25 minutes of playtime. 
um, which is about as long as the bartenders want you to sit there before they start right. giving you the stink eye and yeah. <laughs> make Good you dash out. <laughs> uh, no, but these so, are fun. They're bops. It's like, it's just fun, upbeat. Yes. And uh, speaking of Star Wars music, uh, everyone who I have, who I know who has done these Galactic Star Cruiser says that the musical performances by Gaia are a highlight. Uh, and pretty soon, uh, those of us poorlings who cannot afford the Galactic Star Cruiser will be able to uh, experience uh, a playlist of uh, Galactic Star Cruiser music, uh, including her songs, uh, celebrating Star Wars Day on May the 4th. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely set a calendar to listen to those. Um, they are actually going to uh work on a special 12 inch vinyl pressing of her right. music so that will certainly be a collector's item absolutely and then just the artwork that is in the article is yeah. so pretty um and uh speaking of star wars uh in addition to more destinations coming to star tours the theme parks are also uh going to be getting some new characters we don't know exactly which characters uh we've seen the mandalorian and grogu and fennec shand and boba fett appear um but uh who do you who would you like to see join them know. there's very few that could beat seeing Grogo, you know, that was right. kind of just that the excitement and the buzz and it still is really exciting when they come out and see them. So I don't know how they could top that because yeah, that I mean, amazing for me, I think my number one choice would be, uh, Ahsoka, um, because, you know, she's made the transition from, from cartoon to live action now. And, uh, she fits in with the, the timeline of the other characters mm -hmm. that they've got. Um, if they bring Ezra Bridger back in uh, her upcoming series, uh, would love to see a, a grown-up version of him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, the the interesting uh, thing will be how they continue to try to maintain the timelines. Uh, you know, they've got certain characters restricted to certain areas, so they don't uh, conflict or interact. Um, I still personally have right. not gotten to it's, see the Mandalorian, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's hard to figure out exactly where to find these folks and you know, and when. Um, but keep an eye out because uh, over the next year or so, definitely more Star Wars to come inside the parks. Okay, and um, not Star Wars, but Marvel. Uh, we've got something new coming to California Adventure. Uh, we've had it teased before, but now we've got the date, June 30th. Uh, book your your reservations now. Oh, they're probably California gone. Adventure. <laughs> yeah, they're probably gone already. I haven't checked the calendar. An hour later, they're gone. Um, Rogers the Musical, uh, the uh, real life version of the spoof Broadway show about Captain America, is actually for real going to be on stage in the Hyperion Theater uh, for a limited time, starting on June thirtieth. Yes, and how limited we don't know. I guess we can anticipate it for the summer, the bulk right. of the summer, but we don't know. It is a short musical, they said. So it don't yes. expect like a 45 minute, 50 minute. I, I, like I believe, I believe for union reasons, it's gotta be mm -hmm. uh, 30 minutes or less. Yeah. Um, 
like like a old uh, Domino's delivery he used to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So this is if you uh, watched the TV show Hawkeye, um, you you saw this, and it it was designed for the TV show to be not good. <laughs> it was you know in context of the series, it was like something that made hawkeye cringe yeah. um but then you know it got sort of a cult following and they did uh part of it uh the the um show-stopping climactic number save the city uh they did that live on stage uh at d23 expo and i guess it got such a good reaction that they decided to do it for reals so um it is going to be a one-act show uh it is going to have uh that song uh from save the city from yeah. yeah save the city plus uh the star spangled man song that was written <laughs> for the original captain america um and then five more new original songs that we are not sure who is writing uh to tell the story of captain america from his origins in world war ii to uh uh, joining the Avengers, um, and it, uh, I am mostly excited that they're going to have a live-action Peggy Carter yes, uh, in the show, and also a Nick Fury. Um, yes. So if you if you look like Sam Jackson and you can act with an eye patch, uh, I think there is a job for you. Right. See, I I was a little. I'm excited for this because any sort of live entertainment back in the parks is always a good thing. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. The Hyperion has been dark for way too long. I think the Frozen show had issues. It was honestly just way too long a show mm -hmm. uh, for a theme park audience. Um, I think 30 minutes is just about right, uh, though it takes almost 30 minutes to load the house the hyperion theater is so right. huge uh that's about how long it takes to get an audience in and out um uh but um the interesting thing i thought was that uh the show's gonna run only tuesdays through saturdays um uh so sundays and mondays it's gonna be dark um and they have not revealed the exact show times yet um so uh, some people are saying this might be only in the morning. Some people are saying it might only be in the afternoons. But I think that they can do this all day. I think they'll fill it up. That's for sure. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, and that terrible pun. Uh, I am going to uh, uh, move on to our last bit of news in the queue. And this is a big one. Uh, this is actually a little too big an article for us to go through in detail uh, on the air. So I really encourage you to go to attractionsmagazine.com and read uh, Blake Taylor's report. Thank you, Blake, from uh, Aeronautica Landing, which is the brand new flight themed land uh, that opened on April 7th at Carowinds. Um, Carowinds looks like they are really stepping it up with the theming, tying it into the history of the area, um, and uh, really taking some kind of off-the-shelf flat rides, uh, giving them some character. Definitely. Uh, I didn't get to go to this opening because I was up here, but I went to the hard hat tour to kind of preview it as I was pretty mm. deep into the construction of it. Mm -hmm. They are definitely going for the, putting the theme in theme park. This is what they're trying to move towards. And this land 
is definitely it. I look through the story because there's six attractions. Most are new. There's one reimagined. There's new dining locations coming here. One, which I think is really cool, is Terminal A. And mm. it's like a craft beer bar, you know, in Charlotte, where this park is located, is such a hub of breweries. So they tap into all these supporting local breweries in this, you know, terminal-themed space. A lot of uh, spinny rides, which I will not be going on. <laughs> I will watch and I will hang out in here. <laughs> I think the bumper cars might be more you and I's. Yes, I speed. will do that. Uh, yeah. Can't uh, yeah. So <laughs> in case you didn't know, uh, you know, uh, Caroline is quote unquote first in flight. Um, and the park actually, uh, I always think this is a, a neat trivia. It straddles the state line between North and South Carolina. So I guess parts of the park are in one state and parts are in another. Yes. I, I don't know how they determine uh, so your sales tax there's a, when you're there's there. There's a line down the park. And it's so funny. It's amazing. Uh, Adam and I have passes. And I always like, we always stand on the line. And we'll walk on it. So you're in both sides. But it's really interesting because also both states have different liquor laws for theme parks. So like in one area, you can't le walk around the park with your drinks. You know, like in Epcot, you know, you just walk uh -huh, around. Uh -huh. And in another part, you have to like stay in that bar area with it. Wow. And I learned that recently and I was like, oh, I never thought of that. All there's so there's different local rules, but it's really cool. It's a great park. I wonder Clean. if there's ever been like uh like a custody dis dispute where someone uh took their kid to uh to, to the state. park and and because they crossed state lines, they you know got in trouble or something. It it could happen, but it's a great park. Cedar Fair owned. They're definitely investing a lot in it. And I love how this new area taps into, you know, the local fascination for air travel and flight. Yes. So, so uh, yes. And some of the uh, forms of air travel that you can simulate, uh, you can be an old fashioned uh, daredevil wing walker uh, on this thing that looks pretty much like a disco, mm -hmm. uh, but it's shaped like a biplane. Um, and uh, a little more crazy than that is the gear spin, which makes it look like you're part of the inside of a engine uh and uh, lots of near miss uh visually i've 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 seen these and uh uh in fact i think they built one at hershey that's uh, the jolly rancher long ago. yes yes yeah. uh so it always always looks like you're about to fly into each other mm -hmm. uh, and then the definitely the most physically uh <laughs> stimulating would be uh the air racers uh which lets you flip upside down with lots of hang time um i actually I've, I've seen this one at iapa and uh if you are motion sick uh, uh prone Oof. yeah that's not one for you um <laughs> they they've also got the bumper cars like i mentioned uh, that one that one i think both of us could yeah, handle. I'll do that. Um, yeah. and they're also they've got a couple more flat rides that they are working on um the only catch that our reporter mentioned is that all of these are very low capacity attractions some of them you're looking at seven or eight minutes per cycle um so uh, have some patience or purchase a fast lane if you want yes. to uh, check these out. Go look at them. You yep. can go to Frequent Fryer, get some uh, French fries. You can yeah. go to Terminal A and get some really, you know, inspired theme park eats. Yeah. And, and def definitely don't, uh, if you're going to eat some of these, probably uh, uh, ride first, then eat, not yes. the other way around. Because <laughs> some of the, the these look kind of decadent and uh, some of them kind of heavy. Um, 
the bacon wrapped pimento cheese jalapeno does not sound like something I want to eat before I get on the air race. No, this but... is after uh, after <laughs> going on these attractions. Uh, I am excited. I think I may go into there tomorrow. I really want to see in the Terminal A area, they have some nods to other Cedar Fair parks. And there's a jacket with like a Knott's Berry Farm patch on it. Oh, yes. Really yes. Cool. Yeah, I keep uh, look out for Snoopy. Uh, apparently, uh, you know he's he's known as the Flying Ace, mm -hmm. and uh, apparently he makes some uh, guest appearances around the area. Yes, but um, it's an exciting addition. Uh, great park, worth a travel to for sure. It is definitely on my bucket list. There's a whole bunch of of kind of southern and midwest parks that i need to mm -hmm. make a big road trip someday and that is very high on the list Definitely. um anyway uh this is all part of carowinds 50th anniversary celebration uh, the park actually opened on march 31st of 1973 so uh congratulations to the park and uh hopefully uh you can uh report back next time yes. on what was this was like in person all right. Uh, so uh, to purchase Carowind tickets or find out more about the park, just visit carowinds.com. Uh, they've got annual pass deals going on, uh, and the new area is open now. All right. That is going to conclude this week's news in the queue. But before we get into this week's main attraction, it's very important that we hear a word from our sponsor. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction! <laughs> okay uh the main attraction everyone can finally rejoice because annual passes are returning to sale at walt disney world for the general public uh for way too long the only annual pass you could get was for florida residents and for weekdays only uh, but the gates are reopening and along with that they are loosening up the rules for when you can use it. So uh, if you have been holding out hope for rejoining the Walt Disney World annual pass holder family, set your date, uh, set your calendar, set your alarm for April 20th, because that's the day that the servers are all going to crash. Right. And <laughs> so I have a friend that is looking to upgrade because they have the Pixie Pass, but they want to go up to mm -hmm. Sorcerer. So I'm kind of doing some research to help them along. We don't know what this process is going nope. to be on April 20th. We we no, know like, that it will involve people hammering the computers, a lot of frustration, a lot of people griping on social media. But other than that, we can't give you step-by-step -step instructions. We can't tell you exactly what time. Um, typically, these things seem to kick off around 9 a.m. of whatever the time zone of the park is, so 9 a.m. Eastern for Walt Disney World things. But you never know. Right. I, I was actually going to give a call this week to kind of ask because I'm curious. Good luck. If you can pry information out of them, because I know that like up until hours before this was announced, guest services were telling people there's no information whatsoever about 
annual passes coming right. back anytime soon. Definitely. But you know, what we've seen with Disneyland passes, magic keys, as they go mm -hmm. back on sale, as quick as they go back in sale, hours, they're out. So you know, with hours or now, right now, uh, Disneyland, um, you know, they had gone back on sale back in November, lasted less than a day. January went back on sale. Most of the passes last less than a day. I think right now you can still buy the top of the line pass at Disneyland, mm -hmm. but that's the only one. Um, this they are going to apparently be bringing back uh, general sales of all, all four levels. That's Pixie Dust Pass. That's the the weekday pass that's currently on sale. But you'll also now be able to get the Pirate Pass, the Sorcerer Pass, which is the one that I have. Uh, and the Incredit Pass, which is the no blockout pass. And also, um, big <clears throat> asterisk, the Incredit Pass is the only one available to non-Florida residents. At the, yes, yes. For this sale, for this upcoming April 20th. So if you are you know, not a Florida resident, you <clears throat> pass, you're going to have to yes. buy the Incredit Pass, which is, I believe, $13.99 right now. Yes, uh, it's not cheap. Um, though, you know, the Disneyland top of the line pass is even more expensive and has blockout dates for, for Christmas, uh, right. which the Incredit pass doesn't. Definitely. Uh, it, is, it is pretty shocking that Disneyland doesn't offer a pass currently yeah. that doesn't have blockout on dates. The, on so. the other hand, Disneyland's pass includes photo pass and Disney world. That's an upcharge. So, uh, now, this is the other piece of big news, and I know my friends who are DVC members who don't live in Florida are very anxious about this. The Sorcerer's Pass is the one pass that Disney Vacation Club members are going to be able to purchase again, uh, even if they aren't Florida residents. And that one is going to go on sale April 13th. And I think, you know, there are a lot of people who live out of the state but have invested heavily in DVC and haven't been able to really take full advantage of their DVC because they can't get into the parks. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think this is, also this a, is a big deal. Know, this is a big deal. It's also big for people that do every run Disney race and they've been having to yes. purchase out of pocket two, three days here. And they, you know, they have blown way more than purchasing yeah, yeah. an annual pass on this. So now keep in mind though, if you were a DVC member and your tradition was to use your points during Christmas uh, or one of those other blockout periods, um, you're going to have to hold on. Uh, you're going to have to either pay full price for an Incredit Pass on the 20th um, or uh, buy a day ticket um, if you've got a blockout. Uh, so that kind of negates the the savings right. you get for an annual So pass. I guess in theory, if you are DVC, you can access that early purchase period purchase mm -hmm. the sorcerer then on april 20th call uh, and an upgrade, upgrade. pass so yep you that can is do that one way around it if it matters yep. to you which is probably going to be cheaper than if you want to go for christmas purchasing outright just you yes. know, call and upgrade it so the other big change that we need to talk about is the reservation requirement uh as of april 18th if you want to visit a Walt Disney World uh, park as an annual pass holder, after 2 p.m., you will no longer need to make a reservation. Uh, the exception is, uh, number one, uh, if you want to visit the Magic Kingdom on a Saturday or a Sunday, uh, you will still need a reservation. Now, the, the wording of this is not terribly specific, 
we're, we're going to need a confirmation. Maybe Scott Gustin or someone can get us a confirmation. But will that apply to park hopping? If you enter, say, Epcot after 2 p.m. without mm -hmm. a reservation, will they then, if you've already entered, allow you to park hop over to the Magic Kingdom? Or will they still require uh, a Magic Kingdom reservation on the weekends, even if you've entered another park first? It's a good question. Um, but uh, the other reason you would still want to make a reservation is if you want to ride a virtual queue attraction. If you want to ride Tron, if you want to ride Gardens of the Galaxy, you're still going to need a reservation in order to join the 7 a.m boarding group right and that the same goes if you have a dining reservation you're meeting someone absolutely yeah that, say you want to you know. have a, a lunch yeah you're still going to need that this is only going to uh, help you out if you're not visiting the park until 2 p.m now it's great news for uh folks who like stopping by the parks on their way home from work mm -hmm. uh you know you get off work at five or six and you swing by for dinner or for a few rides that's perfect because it's mm -hmm. it's going to bring back that spontaneity and that ability to do that. Right. Um, but uh, if your goal is to rope drop, to ride rides, especially to do Tron or Guardians. Guardians, I think uh, if you get into the park right at 2 p.m. now, you've got a 50-50 shot depending on the day of there still being Guardians. Right um boarding groups available but tron is never going to make it till 2 p.m no. uh so you're still going to need that reservation for the magic kingdom if you want to ride that definitely and then um another new addition to annual pass holder benefits are uh photo pass features so i know this is something that a lot of people care about if you want to do that uh these can be accessed in the my disney experience app yeah, um, there's. Uh, I got to head on over to Hollywood Studios because apparently there is a Muppet Vision 3D yes. lens. Uh, so I need to see what that's like. Um, and I guess these uh, PhotoPass features are included with all the end passes, but I think the overall PhotoPass package um, that Correct. includes all the rides and characters, mm -hmm. that's still an upcharge. Right. But the lenses are fun if you yeah. want to use them. So Yeah, these are a couple little bonuses to play with. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, like, there's been a lot of, uh, new things. Like we mentioned Tron, the Roundup Rodeo barbecue restaurant. Uh, we've got new stuff coming to Epcot. So, uh, great time to finally be able to invest in an annual pass once again. Yes, definitely big news for a lot of people. Which, uh, annual pass do you have? I have the Incredipass. I mm -hmm. just renewed again every single year. It's the same thing where I say, oh, let's, you know, it's a two week battle with my family to see if we're going to go down. Yeah. And every year I say, but what if I want to go on Christmas? And the last couple of years I have wound up going around those dates. So yeah, it is a big uh, price difference. It's like a $500 difference, but I'm glad I do it because I want to have that option. Yeah. I, uh, as, as a, a local and, and honestly, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, buying my annual pass as a business expense, uh, not, so much for personal reasons um i still can't justify it economically um uh for those two weeks around christmas i can visit universal <laughs> so um i i, I kind of like the the parades at universal better anyway so <laughs> oh, i do love universal holidays um so that brings us to the end of yet another episode uh 
Thank you all for joining us. Before we go, once again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. And I want to remind everyone, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review on Spotify. It really helps us out. If you want to find more coverage from us and Attractions Magazine on the interwebs, uh, you can find me at the UG Series on Twitter, at the Unofficial Guides on Instagram, and at theunofficialguides.com. Carly, where can everyone find you? Yes, I am on Twitter at Carly Caramana and Instagram at Adventures by Carly. And of course, you can find the entire Attractions Magazine team here for you 24-7 at attractionsmagazine.com, at Attractions on Twitter, at Attractions Magazine on Instagram, at youtube.com slash Attractions Magazine, and at Attractions on TikTok. And until next week, I hope you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun, and we will see you again next time. Bye!